You know, this man called Saul, his Hebrew name, his Greek name was Paul. He's quite a man. And in Acts chapter 19 is a fantastic record that I think sets the great truth of what I want to see accomplished across the world in this year. came to pass that while Apollos, who was a golden-tongued orator, translated at the University of Alexandria, had his Ph.D., was considered to be one of the academic greats of his time, was in Corinth. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, disciples who had been won to the Lord by the Lord, uh, by, by the great apostle, by the great man, Apollos. Because Apollos showed by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. He never showed by the scriptures that Jesus was God. He showed by the scriptures, Apollos did, that Jesus was the Christ. It says that in verse 28 of chapter 18, if you believe I'm pulling your leg. And it was this great Apollos who had led people to be born again of God's spirit in the city of Ephesus. But when Paul comes down, he said unto them, Have you received? And the word received is lambano. I spent at least seven years in research until I knew that. Isn't that funny? I should have been taught this because I've been a Christian from the day I can remember. There's not a time in my life that I don't remember that I loved the Lord Jesus Christ or believed in God, that I believe God raised him from the dead. And ladies and gentlemen, in spite of what the critics may say, I did graduate from college once, and I am a graduate of three theological seminaries. And you know something, honey? They never taught me this word of God. They taught me around the word. They taught me Hebrew. They taught me Greek. But they never taught me the word received was lambano. They never taught me the word received as decomai in Acts 8 and a few other places. And there's a fantastic difference between receiving something spiritually class and then receiving it out here in manifestation. These people in Ephesus had been born of God's spirit through the ministry of the golden-tongued orator known as Apollos. He was mighty in the scriptures, convincing them that Jesus was the Christ. And when Paul comes to the city of Ephesus, which is one of the great cities of the Near East at that time, he asks those people one question, have you lambanoed anything? Received, have you lambanoed, have you manifested? Hagion, Holy Spirit, since you believe, or when you believe. And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Hagion, Holy Spirit. They had heard about God who is Holy Spirit. They had heard about Jesus as Christ. But you know what they hadn't heard about? That this, where there was anything like lambanoing, anything like manifesting power of the Holy Spirit. And he said unto them in verse 3, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. And John's baptism is a baptism of water, a baptism of repentance in water. And that's all they knew. That's all they knew. You know why that's all they knew? Because that's all that Apollos knew. You cannot teach people any more than you know, class. You can't lead people any further than you yourself have gone. 
And the only reason these people did not lambano is not because they were not willing to, it's simply because Apollos did not know how to teach it or how to lead them into the lambanoing. Right. He took them as far as he could go. People, you remember, it's a law of learning. It's a law of life. You cannot teach any more than what you know. You cannot believe any more than what you know. And all believing equals receiving, and there is no receiving without believing. Right. And all he knew was John's baptism, and that was a water baptism. People, this word of God sits like a diamond on a velvet couch in the accuracy of the greatness of the outreach of the early church in Acts 19. We've had it for 2,000 years, and most of the so-called, quote, Christian, end of quote, haven't got beyond the water of John the Baptism till this day, John the Baptist till this day. Well, I'm going to show you how Paul got over it. That's right. Paul said unto them, verily, you were baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying, because this is all John knew, unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they, having heard, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is the ministry of what Apollos did. This is how far Apollos could go, because this is what Apollos knew, sir. But, verse 6, the word and is the word but. But when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Panuma, the Hagion, came on them. They spoke with tongues and what? Prophesied. There it is. Apollos led him as far as he could go. Then Paul came in and he said, Have you lambanoed? Have you manifested anything since you were born or when you were, since you, when you were born again? And they've said, no, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Panuma Hagion to manifest. He said, well, then on what were you baptized? He said, oh, John's baptism, which was a water baptism, unto repentance. And ladies and gentlemen, if you believe with the Lord Jesus Christ, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You're what? All the water in the world is not going to change that, right? If you like to be immersed three times, wonderful, it's still not going to change it, right? If you like to be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, it still won't what? Change it. Right. Like somebody says, whoever goes down the fastest gets the most. I don't know. It still won't change the Christ in you, the hope of glory. No matter whatever men may do or say, people. That's right. And I want to tell you, salvation has nothing to do with water. It has everything to do with believing in the Lord Jesus Christ that God raised him from the dead. Has nothing to do with the confession of sins either. Has everything to do with the confession of the Savior of sin, ladies and gentlemen, whom God raised from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can confess your sin to your blue in the face and totally stay unsaved. You may get a wonderful feeling and say, I'm a Christian, you're a liar from hell. Because the word of God says you're not a Christian because you confess your sin and you feel something. It says you're... You're a Christian because you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe God raised him from the dead, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and when old Paul laid his hands on them, these people believed, and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. 
speaking in tongues is the external manifestation in the senseless world of the internal reality and presence of Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's right. It's the one manifestation that proves that you're born again. Prophecy don't prove it because devils can prophesy. But boy, they can't speak in tongues by the freedom of their will. That's why speaking in tongues is the external manifestation in the senseless world of the internal reality and presence of Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a fantastic lever of power and of conviction. Try, right, boy. And all the men were about what? Now that's a very small group, about 12. Now being about 12, I know there weren't 12. There were what? Maybe 10, maybe 11, but I know one thing, there were not what? <laughs> That's right. And he, Paul, verse 8, went in the synagogue and spake boldly. Spake how? Boy, when you go out on that field as a W.O.W. this year, never back up on the word. You can back up on anything else, I don't give a hoot, but never the word, people. Never the word, because the word is magnified above all God's name. The word's the only truth. You never back up on the word. We're very loving, very charitable. We're very giving on a lot of things, but people, we never give on the word. Never give on the word. If you want to wear your shoes backwards, baby, that's okay with me. That's right, but whenever you start putting on the word of God and tearing it to pieces, then you're walking in the wrong category. We never back up on the word. The word stands par excellence. If nobody believes it, we still say it. That's right. Walter Cummins mentioned sometime, something tonight, and if by God's mercy and grace we can get it done, I'm ready to go. Walter says he's ready, I'm ready, and I think some of you are ready. We'll take those 12, 1300 scriptures that show that Jesus Christ was the Son of God rather than God, and we'll nail them again on the church doors of every church in the nation and hand it... And lay it in the hands of every, every theologian, every minister, every other individual we can lay our hands on and say, there it is, people. Either put up or shut up, one of the two. Right. Boy, he went into the synagogue, and that was a hotbed of hell in its day. Same kind of thing you get thrown into today when you go out among the so-called religious people. It's a real hotbed of hell. It's a lot more fun to go out among the alcoholics and the drunks and the sex fiends, the dopers, who have never claimed the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to be rudely treated, go to the other gang. Hey, he went in the synagogue. And you know what he did? He spoke. He spoke boldly for the space of how long? I want to tell you, he spoke boldly. You know what that means? Screw up your courage, take a stand, put your feet in two inches of cement, let it solid, and you can't budge. Spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing, reasoning, and persuading the things concerning what? Verse 9, kingdom of God, verse 9. But when divers, the word divers is many, certain persons, many were hardened and believed not what he spoke, but, he, they, but in turn, they spoke evil of the way before the multitudes. You know what Paul did? 
he departed from them. He separated the disciples and disputing daily. The word disputing is refuted successfully daily in the school of Tyrannus. He went to where the people were supposed to be who believed God's word, class. But then when they refused to believe God's word, he spoke boldly for the space of three months, ladies and gentlemen. And when they refused to believe God's word, you know what Paul did? He said, okay, man, you just keep your brick and stone and your mortgages and all your fine art pictures and everything else. And he walked him right out of there, sir. And he went to the school of one called Tyrannus, man by the name of Tyrannus. He pulled out from the organized religions of his day and time, and he went someplace where he was free to teach God's word. Paul no longer cared whether there were masses of people. What Paul cared about, sir, is the accuracy of the word. And you just follow his ministry and act, and you'll see that mighty man of God just laying the word down time and time and time again. That's right. So he separated the disciples. That means he separated out the believers from the unbelievers. Those who wanted to stay and carry on the mortgage and pay for the coal and light and everything else, he left them stay in the building. He said, we're going to school Tyrannus. We're going to have our own thing. That's right. So they separated. And you know, verse 10 said, and this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word, and the word is the word logos, of the Lord Jesus is scratched in critical Greek text. They heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and what? Right. Continued by the space of two years. Two years. He spent in the school of Tyrannus, and ladies and gentlemen, in those two years' time, all Asia heard the word of God, both Jews and Gentiles. That means it was open to every man. If he wanted to hear, he could be born again. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't write the book. That's what it says. That's what it means. Two years, three months he spent in synagogue, right? Then in two years, he spent in the school of what? Two years and three months, class. Two years and three months, ladies and gentlemen. All Asia heard the word of God under the ministry of one man. Two years and three months. A feat which has never been duplicated, sir, in one generation since. With all of our multi-millions in mission money, our periodicals, all of our missionaries, radio, television, newspapers, class, every media of communication, not once has any, has all Asia heard the word of God in one generation, honey. How did they do it? Same way UWOWs and the rest of us believers, ambassadors are going to do it. Each one win one. Paul taught in the school of Tyrannus. And I have an idea he didn't do very much more than the foundational class. That's right. Not very much more. He just taught them the great salient truths of the word of God, the new birth, the power of the Holy Spirit, and he said, now look, when you're with that, you got nine manifestations. Get out there and go do it. And all Asia heard the word of God in two years and three months, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, the whole world can hear the word of God this year because if we've got 35 brother and sister countries represented, I think there are only 147 countries unless they divided one yesterday again. 
Tell the whole world. Right. Only 147. We got 35 of you here. All we need to do, people, is get in those countries and start holding forth God's word. Boldly. Boldly. But ladies and gentlemen, it's got to be the word of God. Can't be what I think or you think, sir. It's got to be the word. The word, the word, and nothing but the word. That's right. For the space of two years, Paul taught in the school of Tyrannus. Don't you think Paul wanted to get out in the field? Oh, God, what I wouldn't give tonight to go with you WWs tomorrow. I would love to be in a branch of four people. You can be the coordinator. I just want to be in the branch or the twig, whatever you call that trip. <laughs> That's right. I just want to be a part of that group. You know what I'd give tonight if I could be one of those four? I don't know. It's just where life is. God, I'm thankful you don't have to stand in my shoes and sit in my chair. Because it's the toughest place in the world. You know where the fun is? On the field. Not behind some stupid desk. <laughs> not some place where people can bring all their opportunities and you've got to figure out this and that and the 107 other things. All you need to do is go out in the field and take a breath and say, get out of the way. Here comes a son or a daughter of God. I got the word, baby. Paul had to stay in the school of Tyrannus to train people so they could go out. I know the heart of Paul because I see that old baby out on the field, you know, working, casting out devils, healing people. Gosh, I'd like to be there. Yeah. Paul couldn't be. He stayed, sir, in the school of Tyrannus for two years, and he'd been in the synagogue three months before, right? In one little old city. But you know what he did? He got himself some W.O.W.s. That's right. He maybe didn't call them W.O.W.s, but he called them Word Over Asia. And then he'd teach them a little of God's Word, turn them loose. Teach another bunch of Word of God and turn them loose. And you know, he didn't call them on the phone every day and say, how you doing out there on the field? Nah. He didn't send them a newsletter every week and say, look, uh, this is what Acts 14.7 teaches. This is the night owl trip we did. No, no. He turned them loose and said, God bless, goodbye. Go on, move the word. And they did, honey. In two years and three months, ladies and gentlemen, all Asia heard the word of God. Man, oh man. Sir, the word of God hasn't changed. It's the same word tonight that the apostle Paul taught. Same word, same word, same deliverance in the word, sir. And you are going W.O.W., same word. That word will do it tonight. It'll do it tomorrow. It'll do it next week. All depends upon your knowledge of the word and honey, your boldness to say again, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Try it. Suppose people don't like to hear it. So what? You tell them. 
Whether they like to hear it or don't like to hear it is not the criteria. Is it the Word, baby? If it's the Word, it's the Word. Whether people like it or don't like it, it's still the Word. Whether they believe it or don't believe it, it's still what? So talk the Word. Walk the Word. Speak the Word. Love the Word. Just the Word, the Word, the Word, and nothing but the Word, people. Boy, oh boy. The Word. I'm glad you're ready to go, baby. So am I. Man, oh man. Look at this. And God was doing no ordinary miracles, mighty works by the hands of Paul. No ordinary ones is the text. Well, I expect an ordinary miracle out there. On the field this year, because of the word of God that lives in you, you know, it says, wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Any miracle special in God's business. And this is something. So from his body were brought unto the sick. Handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from. And then some. God, the believing of that time. The believing in that day. You know. Golly, 60. Take your coat off and give it to you and you get healed. Somebody pull out a little, you know, the apron that women sort of wear for wash dishes with. They touch these little things and they got healed. People, there's no healing power in an apron. There's no healing power in this coat or in this rose. You know where the healing power is? In God and your believing. But they believed if they could just touch his coat, they'd be healed. His vest, his pants, his apron. Hey, a woman reached out one night and just touched the hem of his what? Amen. Man, that believing was fantastic. Right. Same God today, sir. God hasn't changed, only people, and their unbelief is rampant. We've got to get them back to God and his word and start people to believe. We've got to love people into loving. We've got to forgive people into forgiving. <laughs> We've got to tenderize people into being tender. Johnny said tonight, God has no hands but our hands with which to give people bread. The people of the world are starving for the bread of life. Not that all they've ever had is religion, people, and religion will let you down. Just when you need the power most, it isn't there. The truth of God's word never lets people down. God has no hands with which, outside of which to give men bread. He has no hands but our hands. Because God is spirit class. He has no feet, Johnny said, but our feet with which to move among the almost dead. We say that we are his and he is ours. Deeds are the proof of that, not words, class. And this 1977-78 are the proving hours. That's right. Well, they had a few opportunities. 
certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, that's hookie-pook artists, spiritualists, took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Neat, isn't it? These guys were loaded with devil spirits, and they were playing with others who had devil spirits, and we'd say, hey, baby, we want you to come out in the name of that Jesus that Paul preaches. And you know who they were? Verse 14, top brass, VIPs, seven sons of Sceva, Jew, chief of the priests who what? That's right at the top echelon, sir. Huh. But the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who in the H are you? <laughs> ah, that was something, wasn't it? They thought they were going to cast out devil spirits, but instead of casting out any devil spirits, said to them, look, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who in the world are you? That sort of put the stopper in your gas tank, wouldn't it? Yeah. That sort of blew their lid. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? That's what the devil spirit said to those top religious guys, sons of the chief of the priests. And then he did something else. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them, so they fled out of that house without their shorts on, naked and what? Amen, boy. That's the power of the true God. You know, they may ridicule us. They may stand on the street out here and... <laughs> You've been absolutely wonderful, and I just pray... You know why we don't have to bother with them? If you have truth, you don't have to argue. <laughs> That's right. They got to stand out there and fight because they like truth. You've got truth. You don't have to argue. All I have to do is witness to it. That's all. And you've been absolutely admirable. Yeah, I love that. If the whole world cried, the word of God's still true. And you know something that can never hurt you by crying? If it makes you mad, that's your fault. Nobody ever gets angry unless you, you allow yourself to get angry. You can't make me angry by what you say unless I allow myself to get angry. And when I get angry, you've already started to defeat me. I just refuse to get angry. That's right. I just hold forth the greatness of God's word. People want to believe it, fine. If they don't, they can yell, climb up a tree, saw it off behind them. I don't give a hoot what they do. That's right. They can stand out there and yell for 40 days and 40 nights till the water floods over them. I don't care. Make any difference to me. You know something? You can't invalidate God's word by yelling about it. It's God's word and it fits like a hand in a glove. And ladies and gentlemen, I haven't been in this ministry for the last 35 years to spin my wheels. I've been in the ministry to help God's people. I'm not in the ministry to fool people. I'm not in the ministry to come up with some crackpot doctrine. I'm in the ministry of rightly dividing the word to the best of my ability. I've never said, that's right, but I've never said, I have never said that I divide the word of God rightly everywhere. I try to, but I've never been that bold as to say that. I do my utmost, sir, to work the word of God rightly divided and not be deceitful about it. 
I don't know if I always accomplish it, but baby, if you can show me something better, show me, we're a research center, if you can show it to me, sure, I'll be the first person to change. But if you can't show it to me, then you shut up. There happens to be a little law of logic in biblical research. If you've got 98 clear verses of scripture and two verses which seem to apparently contradict those 98, you know what you do? You hold on to the two pet peeves of yours and throw out the 98. The, no, no. The law of logic and the law of biblical research dictates that those two will somehow or other have to fit into the 98. Now suppose they don't. You know what we do with it in the way ministry? We hold them in abeyance, people. We just hold them in abeyance. We keep looking for texts all over the world, Estrangilo, Aramaic, Greek, wherever we... We look for scriptures. And someday we may find those scriptures from another text, either, you know, a cursive or an uncial text that would put that one together or those two together with the, hundred, with the 98. But if we don't ever find those two, ma'am, the 98 still stands. When it comes to Jesus about God, they can't have over six or seven. We got 13, 1400, just the opposite. And we can handle the six and seven too, even from texts. And ladies and gentlemen, after you play a baseball game of nine innings, if you won it by 1,300 runs, you certainly won the ball game. <laughs> well, <laughs> this became known to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear, reverence, I'm reading verse 17, fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was what? Magnified. It, the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, not the name of Paul, not the name of the the W.O.W.s that went out, but the name of what was magnified. That's why you're going out. You're not going out to magnify your name. You're going out to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ who saved you and who gave you his power. You're going out to magnify him. And you're going to set people free on that field by the greatness of God's word. Listen to this. And many, verse 18, that believed, came and confessed and showed the word showed is disclosed, their practices, their deeds, their practices. Many of them also which practice curious arts, black arts, white arts, all the other junk, brought their books together and burned them in the presence of all, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of what? Silver. Quite a book-bearing ceremony. If you're going W.O.W., leave your trash at home, people. Get rid of it. We need a great book-burning ceremony, including TVs today. I can't tell you what to do, but I know what I did in my life. I had to get rid of the ballast. If you want to travel fast and far, you've got to get rid of the overloads, the ballast. You got to get rid of the junk. I hauled all those books to the Gehenna once in Van Wert. It's fire never ceases. City dump. 
Today, I wish I had them. You know what I'd do? I'd put them up in the library so they'd give us recognition at the Wake College of Emporia for our library. People burn, Johnny said tonight, burn the bridges behind you. Leave your crap at home. Drop your junk. Get your books, get rid of, you know, you don't need Playboy and Playgirl. You don't need time because you need time with the Lord to move the greatness of God's word. And I want to tell you the greatest news of the week will be the news of the word of God when you move it. People say to me, well, Dr. Rivell, if you don't read the newspaper and all those periodic, how do you stay up with the times? Well, first of all, I'm not interested in staying up with the times. I'm interested in staying up with God and his word. Let the times go to hell, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Recently, during the advanced class, I didn't have time to either read the periodic or a newspaper. And then after it was all over with, I had the audacity to pick up one. And you know something, I hadn't missed a thing in two weeks. They were still as negative as they were before. Uh, the countries were still getting ready to fight each other. They were still killing people and murders and everything else. I hadn't lost a thing. You want me to stay up with the times? You know the greatest way to stay up with the times, ladies and gentlemen, get your nose in the book and read the word. This will not only keep you up with the times, but it'll get you ahead of the times. <laughs> this will make you a leader of God's word. This will make you a man or a woman of God that's out in the front lines holding forth the great deliverance and the power of God. Ladies, that and gentlemen, that's outreach. That's the word. See? Right. You know, I have no fight with time or any of the rest of them. Let them do as they fool, please. But don't let anybody tell me that I have to spend all my time reading all that junk. That's their privilege. That's their privilege. It's my privilege to read God. And you know where I got the believing that I have tonight? The little bit I do have, I got from the Word, not from Time Magazine or Playboy or any other magazine. Got it from the Word, honey. We're studying to show ourselves approved unto whom? As workmen who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing what? The Word of God, that's right. Rightly dividing the Word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing comes by what? Right. He sent his word and healed them. Class, it's the word that, that's, that's wonderful. It's the word that's wonderful, and when we can get back to the word, we've got truth. And ladies and gentlemen, it's truth that sets men and women free. And Jesus Christ came that we might have a life which more than what? And Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I am the truth, and the word truth is word reality. He's the truth. Whenever you have truth, you have reality. Most people spend their life all, all along on facts, not reality. Jesus Christ is the way. He's the reality. He is truth, and Jesus Christ is what? Life. We heard this morning that the agricultural program spelled live or life or something. Suppose we had all the greatest agriculture in the world and everybody had a perfect body, but still not born again. He still would not have what? Life. He only has 40, 50, 60, 70 years, and baby, that's it. But you and I have eternal life, which is forever. 
So what should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Well, there's no man or woman out there who needs to lose his own soul because Christ died for all, that whosoever will may what? May come, and he is able to save to the uttermost. So don't you WOWs ever forget it, that he is able to take a Saul and a Paul and get him changed. There is no man so low or woman who has sunk so low, but that underneath are the everlasting arms of God. He is able to save to the uttermost, and don't you ever limit the power of God, people. Our God is able to deliver. Our God is able to deliver. That's what the three men in the fiery furnace said to the mighty king. The king said, you're going to bow to me, I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. Remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed you go. Midnight. And those three men refused. They refused to bow to the king. And they looked the king, sir, straight in the eye. And they said to him, King, I want to tell you, our God may not deliver us, but if our God does not deliver us, we are still not going to bow to your golden image. And the king said, you're going to bow or I'll burn you. And he got together the men to burn him. Threw him in the fiery furnace. And the fire was so hot that the men who threw him in burned up. Right. <laughs> Pretty soon, next day, king came around and checked up on stuff. And he found out those three fellows were having a picnic inside of that place. And he blew the lid right off of the top of his scalp. Right. You know why? They didn't burn because they wouldn't bow. That's why they didn't burn. They wouldn't bow, sir. They wouldn't bow. Ladies and gentlemen, as long as you don't bow to the adversary, God's not going to let you burn. As long as you don't give in to the adversary, as long as you don't knuckle under, God in heaven's going to stand with you and his word's going to prevail in your life. For if you don't bow, you can't burn. And ladies and gentlemen, if you bow, I guarantee you, you will burn. So make up your mind. You want to bow and burn or you want to just stand and not burn? I'll stand. I'd rather stand and not burn. Three men totally delivered. They brought their spiritualist books, all their sex books, and all the rest of the junk, and they brought them and they burned them. I haven't got time to collect it all your stuff. Collect it yourself. You're going W-O-W. You burn it. The girl said tonight she threw her glasses in the ash pan or what can, whatever it was, right? Well, you have the same freedom, sir. Ma'am, you have the same freedom. You know about the only thing you need out on that field is this little old textbook right here. All the rest of that stuff doesn't help you very much. This helps you fantastically. And when you read the greatness of this record, people, and you see what God did under the mighty ministry of a man called Paul, Saul was his Hebrew name, two years, three months, all Asia heard the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you can 
bring the greatness of God's word to your country, to our country, to your country in this year, in this time. Because it's the same God and the same power. And all of you are grads of PFAL. All of you have had the intermediate. People, you have more knowledge of God's word than most people have had for centuries. Why don't you just use what you've got? Get out on that field and just hold forth the greatness of the word. And if you do, the record in verse 18 will become true. Well, 19, uh, 20. So mightily grew the word of God and what? Prevailed. So mightily grew the what? The word. How does the word grow? You've got to plant it. You plant it, God waters it. Remember, he, I mean, he gives the increase. You plant it and water it, God gives the increase. You've got to plant one thing, what? The word. So mightily grew the word, it can't grow until somebody plants it. UWWs and the rest of you ambassadors out on the, the fields of the world this year, you do the planting and the watering, God's going to give what? The increase. That's right. So mightily grew the what? Word. So mightily grew the word. Not VP Weirwell's influence, not your influence, but the influence of what? The word. People, it's the word that has to grow. It's the word. And the only way the word's going to grow is if you hold it forth. So mightily grew the word. So mightily grew the word. That's outreach. And ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to have an outreach, we have to reach out with God's word. This is the reach out for the outreach, God's word. So take that word of God back with you with all the love in your heart, all the compassion in your soul to help your people or people out there and just show them the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. Most of the people out there have never cracked this thing. <laughs> Most of them have even been ashamed to carry it to church. So they give them a little piece of paper with the scriptures on for the Sunday school class. <laughs> you know what they're going to read when you get out on that field class? Your life. They're going to watch you like hawks. They're going to say, ah, oh, you're a grad of the class called Power for Abundant Living. You belong to that cult called the Way, uh huh? They're going to watch your eyeballs flip. They're going to watch how you comb your hair. They're going to watch how you wear your coat, how you walk down the street. They're going to watch if you go in that bar and come out of it. The only thing they ever read is your life and mine. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give them something beautiful to read. Let's walk down the streets and the alleys and let's get in the communities and let's walk like sons of God. Throw your shoulders back, hold your head up high, feel like a wonderful woman of God, feel like a great man of God, and walk down that street and let them see God in Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let them read you. Right. Because you are the living epistles. These things in here are just words. But when these words become reality in your life, 
then you are the living epistles that the Word talks about, because the Word's living in you, and you are living. Let them see life with a capital L, capital I, capital F, capital E, and that life is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of God made available through his word. That's why you're going WOW. That's why you're going back into your areas, your community. That's why God called you to be an ambassador. You're an ambassador to hold forth one thing, ma'am, the word. So mightily grew what? The word. And the word did what? Prevailed. And when that word prevailed, there will be signs, miracles, and wonders. As we have seen at this rock of ages, and as you will see this year on outreach, as the word reaches out through your life around the world.